listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to For Your Joy. Um, my name is Lucius Guthrie, worship pastor at New King Church in South Burlington, Vermont. And who am I joined by? Ben Preston. Hey Ben. Hey everybody. Uh, what's the title that you say that when people ask, what do you do, Ben? I'm a pastor. Oh, okay, cool. At New King as well. At New King. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Great. Well, um, it's a privilege to bring you guys this podcast that uh, exists to, I in my head, I was I almost said to help as many people as possible find and follow Jesus. That's why the church exists, uh, yes. uh, which we say often. But this podcast is seeking to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. Um, we've been talking about um, Saul and David um, that we find particularly within the book of First. Samuel in um, some different ways that they uh, seek or the lack of the ways they seek the Lord and particularly how it relates to their identity and how that plays out in securities, um, plays out in insecurities. Um, and we're going to kind of begin to make the transition from focusing on Saul towards focusing a little more on David. Um, but there is a helpful way to kind of begin to show their differences that I know Ben is going to be expanding on today. And it really rests in the idea of how they make decisions. You know, Mm -hmm. are they listening to the Lord when they're making decisions? Are they waiting on his counsel? Uh, Do they seek to understand what he would have them do and how he would have them move forward? Um, And we see very clearly that David's heart truly is after uh, God and and he wants to honor him. He wants to please him. And Saul is more focused on himself, building his own reputation, his own image, um, sees God as almost a tool in his handbag that he can pull out when needed for victory um, or to bring uh, honor upon himself rather than honor on God. Um, we can learn a lot about how to listen to the Lord and wait for his counsel uh, through these two uh, men. And so want to, yeah, if you, if you have a Bible, I know we're going to be resting a lot here at the beginning in 1 Samuel 15, kind of continuing in that rebuke that we've been looking at a couple times mm-hmm. in the last few episodes um, where the Lord begins to speak to Saul about what he's doing and begin to pull the kingdom away from him. And so, yeah, Ben, we'll love to turn it over yeah, to we'll you. Bounce around, we'll bounce around a little bit, but we'll look at chapter 13 as well. Um, yeah, I mean... Again, we are seeking to restore your joy in a world of discouragement. And in this and in your life, you're having to make decisions all day, every day, uh, some big, some small. And uh, we want to just help you to think about how you should go about that. Mm-hmm. And what we see when we look at Saul is that he he lied, he he relied on his own uh, logic and his own reasoning and what he thought was best. And what we see, this is just a 
what we see the theme with David is that he didn't trust his own judgment. Mm-hmm. He he would pray and wait and listen to the Lord and see what the Lord had had to say to him. Um, when we look at we first see this really for Saul is in chapter 13. And we've already briefly mentioned this, but I think it's worth saying it again. Um, Saul is told by Samuel to wait for seven days and that Samuel is going to come and make an offering before the Lord. And it says in 1 Samuel 13, 8, starting in verse 8, it says, He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him and greet him. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at McMash, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. So what we see here is that when Saul gets under pressure, right, he is, let's give him some credit, he is in a tight. He's he's in yeah. between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. He's in a tight situation. He is under an immense amount of pressure. He's the king. He's the leader of this these people. And this is one principle that we see is that the more responsibility the Lord has given you, the the more weighty your decisions mm. will be. Yeah. Right? So if you are a child living in in your parents' home, your decisions are not as weighty as they are when you are responsible for yourself and you're out on your own. Your, yeah. your decisions when you're out on your own in college are not as weighty and responsible, uh, uh, weighty as they will be when you have a family and your mm. decisions affect more than just yourself. Yeah. And so, and, you know, and that continues on and on. So, so he's got a lot of pressure on him to make the right decision mm-hmm. here. And, He's faced with the pressures of having people that are looking to him and and then he's faced with another pressure and that's waiting. Yeah. Right? That's a tough test. Mm-hmm. He's he's already gotta wait seven days. As those seven days are going on, the pressure is intensifying because the Philistines are mustering against him. Yeah. And and then on top of all of that, the people that he's supposed to be leading are getting impatient. And they're starting to leave. Mm. And so he feels like he has no choice in that situation. He feels like I've got no other option. It'd be better for at least at least somebody to offer this burnt offering to God because we got to have God's help. Mm. Right. And so he so he does what he knows he's really not supposed to do in this situation. And it costs him. Uh, and it costs him a lot. Yeah. And so what's interesting is when you, when you fast forward and you get into the story of David in second Samuel, 
in chapter five, uh, and we've talked about this before in our in our podcast, yeah. um, one of our previous episodes. But in the Second Samuel chapter five, David is faced with the same test. Mm. I, I mean, it's very very similar. Yeah, the Philistines muster against him at McMash, and um, oh wait, no, it's not McMash. It's the Valley of Rephaim. Why did I think it was McMash? Uh, sorry. Well, <laughs> same army, Philistines. Um, they muster against him, and instead of him, instead of him presuming that God just definitely wants him to go defeat. I mean, they're mm. they're his enemy, and and you're supposed to defeat their enemies, right? And like he he doesn't as- presume. He he doesn't assume anything. He prays, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord tells him to go. And so he defeats them there. And what's interesting is it says that uh, in a few verses later, it says, and the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when, and David inquires of the Lord again Mm. and waits to hear from God before he does anything. And God, that's when God tells him, you shall not go up the way that you normally would. Instead, I want you to go around to their rear and wait for the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees. Then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And so you get, you see this principle that unless you're waiting on the Lord to hear from him before you make your decision, you are likely to go out into battle mm-hmm. without the Lord. Yeah. And so it's just a, a great contrast between these two men, between Saul and David. Saul getting, you know, caving to the pressures when he's got to make a decision and making a decision in, on his own, not spending time in prayer, not hearing from the Lord before he makes his decision, and he pays dearly for it. And then David, who never presumes that he has the right answer, he always goes to the Lord in prayer first. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not really, when we wait today, a lot of the times we're not waiting in the midst of an army building up against us, you know, to come and fight us, right? Mm-hmm. So why is, you know, what are some of the the pressures of waiting that we face today that many times will maybe make us act before we hear from the Lord or or use the Lord as we saw Saul do mm-hmm. uh, in some way and, and try to almost go through the motions, right, rather than truly listening? Um, why is the pressure of waiting still so tough for us? Well, I mean, it, it, we, it might be a boss who's, given us a, a, you know, an option, a new direction that we could go. Mm-hmm. And they've said, I have to know something by Monday. Um, and it, or it might be a, another job that's given you uh, an offer. And they say, you know, we need to know something in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, it could be, tr- you're trying to make a decision about school to go to. And, you know, there's a deadline for your, to, apply. Um, so we're, you know, most of the decisions that we are making that are big decisions in life do have some sort of a time, uh, a a time factor with them that we have to take into consideration. And so we can easily allow that limited amount of time that we're, that we're faced with to become the pressure Mm -hmm. point for us. 
but it can also just me it can also just be like this decision affects my spouse and my spouse is waiting for me to make a decision and my spouse is putting yeah. me under pressure to make that decision quickly because they don't want to wait anymore and yeah. we don't like to be in limbo and that's another i mean i think that's another important point to make here is waiting is incredibly uncomfortable yeah um and so when we're in that posi- and when we're in that place of waiting it is a test of trust mm-hmm. are we going to continue to trust and the longer the wait the harder the test yeah um but if the lord is testing you with with that with something with a season of waiting it's because he be- he knows that you can handle that length of time we are never tempted beyond what we are able but, yeah. right mm-hmm. it says in first corinthians 10 so he knows how long we can handle with, with each new with each new test yeah and he's never going to test you beyond your ability mm-hmm. and so um i would say yeah i think i think i think i was getting off on a tangent there yeah. but um well i asked so I'm yeah <laughs> i'm grateful for the answer and i think and i think waiting um needs to be more active Mm-hmm. Right. We're not we, we shouldn't just be kind of sedentary in our waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are things that we know that the Lord has called us to uh, to be faithful in every day. You know, that is that is actively praying about other things, you know, lifting up prayers for other people, mm-hmm. just glorifying God through through a thankful heart continually, you know. Um, and then kind of like as we were talking about before, you know, personal evangelism, mm-hmm. um, just the faithfulness of, of those kinds of um, steps of obedience that even in our waiting for something, you know, maybe a big decision, our life should still be filled with, you know, little obedience, you know, walking with the Lord continually and um, we listen to the Lord through those things, mm-hmm. right? That's how he can reveal. We don't just, mm-hmm. you know, pray about something and then just like sit and wait and not even consider him during those, uh, mm-hmm. during that waiting period. You know, we're continually unified with the Lord through the spirit. And, um, even though he may not be speaking to one specific decision, he's speaking about other things and we need yeah. to listen for that. Yeah. There's so much that we can always be obeying him in. And I think even looking at the situation with Saul, in the seven days that he's waiting, he should have been praying. He should have been mm-hmm. seeking the, the counsel of the Lord. And he should have been leading his people. Yeah. His people are, are leaving. And I think it shows that uh, it shows a lack of active leadership on his part. He knows mm-hmm. he's called to be their king. He knows he's called to be their leader. So he should have been focused on on that, right? On challenging them and encouraging them to trust the Lord in that in that high pressure situation. Yeah. And he wasn't doing it. And I think this also applies to the principle that we're supposed to be faithful in the field that we're in mm-hmm. if we're in a season of waiting. Like, for example, uh, Elisha is plowing in his father's field when Elijah comes and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, yeah. throws his mantle on him, right, and, and calls him. Or the disciples are working in the boats with their father, some of them are, when Jesus comes in and calls them to be disciples or David's shepherding in his father's field when he's anointed as king. Like Mm -hmm. they're being faithful of the field they're in when God calls them now to the next thing. Mm. That is really, really powerful. Um, Yeah. I don't think about that enough. Moses and Jeff with uh, Jethro's sheep. um, Mm -hmm. I mean, on and on and on you could go with, with these same scenarios where someone is, 
faithfully doing what they've been called to do, even if it feels mundane. Yeah. And it's there that God meets them and says, all right, you've been faithful here with this little on to the next. Yeah. So thank you for indulging some of my questions. We are quickly 15 minutes into this episode. Dang. And I know that there are other characteristics of making decisions in line with uh, you know, listening to the Lord that you want to go through. So continuing with Saul versus David and how we see them do this, uh, what's maybe the next thing that we can pull out? Well, I want to just, just spend the rest of this episode hammering in on this. I want us to believe that God does want to lead us. Mm. Um, it says in Romans that those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. I think that's in Romans 8, right? We it, it, Jesus said that his sheep hear his voice and know his voice. This is, a, this is characteristic of believers. This is like, I think, the main thing that, that defines a believer is we have this real, interactive, working, experiential relationship with a living God. Mm-hmm. And that means he wants to guide and, and direct our everyday lives. I loved what two weeks ago now uh, Luke preached about was sanctifying the mundane. The, that God wants to be involved in, in washing in our washing of the dishes, in our, mm-hmm. in our workplaces, in our marriages, in our friendships, in, in cleaning house, right? In all the mundane things of life, God wants to be part of it. And, and one of the things, one of the ways that we see that happen is that we're hearing from God yeah. about decisions that we're making. So I want to just encourage our listeners to believe that God does want to speak to you and that he, he does speak. To you. I've, I've had too many people say, I don't hear God's voice. Mm. And, and what, we're, we're not saying he's going to speak audibly to you yeah. necessarily, though he could do that. I think that is, by, that is the exception and not the rule. He speaks to us through We've, we've gone over this, so I won't hammer it long, but he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the ways that he moves in our hearts as we pray. He speaks to us through the circumstances around us and the mm-hmm. way that those are changing if we're paying attention and looking for him. And he speaks to us through the counsel of believers yeah. that are, we're living in community with. Mm-hmm. So he does speak to you if you're walking with him and and. And most believers can, once they start recognizing that, that's how God speaks. Oh, yeah, I do hear from God. And so now I would just say, okay, so now make a practice of when you've got a big decision to make. And I'm not saying get bogged down on, oh, should I turn right or should I turn left? Yeah. Right. I'm not saying like all the, you know, that's not what I'm getting at here. But when you have a decision that you've got to make that impacts your life, that impacts those around you, you need to hear from God before you make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think this would particularly define the the bulk of maybe the people listening to this, but I guess the thing that come comes to mind is kind of the um the lack of holistic nature that that being a Christian should actually mean in kind of the form that it that it takes in 
particularly Western society, but that goes for more than just Christianity. You know, Mm -hmm. there are many people of quote unquote faith in America whose faith looks like a very, very small amount of time during their week. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of Catholicism um, Mm -hmm. and and, and how it, it is this motion that they go through to almost remain kind of in this one category, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes for uh, Christianity as well. There's plenty of people that, that, that fall into this. To remain in this category just because they think they need to be, but it doesn't take an active part of the rest of their life and how they actually think about things and, and, and relate to the Lord. And um, it, it, it's, it falls behind and falls so low, so low on the priority list um, very quickly. And that's exactly getting at in chapter 17 when Samuel comes and really, really rebukes Saul with that this famous rebuke because Saul uh, went on the mission that God gave him to to go on to defeat the to destroy the Amalekites, but he spares the best of the animals, he spares mm-hmm. the king, and Saul's words to him are um, behold to oh wait, sorry, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Mm. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. What God wants most from us is that we listen to him mm. and that we, that we actually do what he says. And we, we can get so busy offering our sacrifices, doing our religious, going through religious motions, that we forget to listen yeah. in, in our everyday lives mm-hmm. to what he wants to say to us. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I hate to keep beating this drum, but it's hard to actually listen to, a, to counsel of someone if you're only listening for like an hour and a half one day a week. You yeah. know? And, and the way that this should define every moment uh, is how we should truly be listening to the Lord because he's going to speak. You don't know when. That's right. Right. And so we need to actively be looking for the way he is speaking to us, whether it's through, like you said, other people, through counsel of, of brothers and sisters in the family of God or through his word, mm-hmm. um, and seek those things to know that through any of them, the Lord could choose to speak very clearly to you about something very specific. And even through the still small voice, which um, he has he's done that for me. It's not every single day, but like he, I have heard, the Lord, it, it sounds like a thought that he puts into my head, but that mm-hmm. is clearly not my own thought. It always aligns with scripture, but he will speak to us through that still small voice. And so, but I do find that it, that it happens when I'm giving him space in my life mm-hmm. and he's got my attention. It's not, he doesn't, he doesn't tend to come when I'm not paying him any attention. It's when he's got my attention and yeah. I'm looking. I'm I'm on the lookout for what he's saying mm-hmm. that he'll speak to me that way. And so I think, yeah, we got to have a posture of listening. This is better than sacrifice. Um, we can offer up all kinds of sacrifices of of our lives, of our time, of our talents and treasures, whatever, however you want to put that. Mm-hmm. But if we miss this, we miss the very heart of the Christian faith, and that's mm-hmm. a relationship with a living God. Yeah, and I think as we go forward, that is some of the key things that we'll explore in the life of David yes, and how he lived and how he sought the Lord and mm-hmm. listened and obeyed um, and, and responded mm-hmm. uh, to how the Lord would speak to him, even in rebuke, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so 
as we go forward, we're going to focus on David uh, yep. a little bit and and see what we can do to, to imitate uh, such a man of faith um, while continually remembering uh, that our identity and what we have been uh told is that we are children of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the thing that secures us. That's the thing that we stand on when making these decisions, when um, having any confidence at all, it comes mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Any last thoughts, Ben, uh, before we go? Don't listen. Uh, don't listen to the too many voices around you. You got to, I love um, what I think it was Camden said in, in a um, recent Uh, communion turn down the noise turn down the volume on the voices around you Mm -hmm. Saul let the voices of the people speak louder than the voice of God in multiple situations and that was his downfall so turn down the noise of the world around you so that you can hear what God might be saying to you Mm. that's a great word well thanks for listening and we really do pray this is an encouragement and we will talk to you soon see ya